Hey, welcome to the Votary Podcast. We're a team of filmmakers based in New England who are passionate about storytelling. We talk about the impact the stories have in every part of our lives, from business to culture and everything in between. Thanks for joining us. We were just start. We were just listening back to the first episode, and it's like right up way obnoxious. <laughs> We've kept that tradition. We're like, <laughs> total children with our headphones on right. and the microphones. We're just like, you can't listen to all the sounds. I know. You could hear it louder. When I do this, you, you can hear it. I can also hear it. We all hear that. That's fun. Now, <laughs> now it's like we're totally over that. 25 episodes later, we give each other turns to speak. <laughs> yeah, we, never we talk don't about talk each over each other at all. Ever. No, we're it's just hilarious. professionals all the time. <laughs> professionals. We literally never talk to each other. We always clue the audience in to the context of everything we're saying. We never play with the mics. We, we never reference inside jokes or anything that they would never We never understand. smack the table like this. <laughs> <laughs> we don't jitter our mics around while we talk. Everyone's out. All right. Drink beer. <laughs> All right. Like, now that it's just us. Jono, what, what's the, your first memory? <laughs> As a human? or it, it, Yeah, I think I was two. I remember hitting You remember some, being two? Well, I remember hitting some golf balls in a parking lot. <laughs> All right. And you were two years old doing that? <laughs> yeah, it was like a toy, obviously. Oh, okay. Not, a, not like a nine iron. Or it wasn't that obvious. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Whoops. I guess my storytelling uh, <laughs> techniques are not that sharp. Mm. Back when I was two, I have a faint memory of using toys, and I think that's my earliest memory, but mm. then it skips all the way to, like, watching Godzilla when I was, like, six. <laughs> those <laughs> I don't know what years, happened in between. Those were some dark years. <laughs> that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's anything to this, but I sometimes think that somebody's earliest memory is, like, very formative of their personality and, like, who they are. It's hard because I, I don't know. Because he became a professional golfer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still have that in me. This theory doesn't work with Jono's. He's like, I was just playing. I just like to disprove. It kind of does theories. though. Just Jono's having a good time. He's just playing. But it's hard to know what is memory and what is what I've been told and what I've seen through home video. Yeah, you're like, like oh, I remember um, what I that dog I had. Wait, do I remember that or do I remember seeing that as like a teenager? Yeah, I have that with photos, like stills. Like, I remember this vividly. No, it's just a picture. Mm -hmm. I remember looking at the picture when I was young. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems like it's been, seems like it's been proven is not a thing. I, <laughs> you ever see, <laughs> you ever see like where they, they have, they film like a supposed crime. Like I've seen shows where they kind of fake a crime. They film it and then they sort of study the people's reactions to it, like witnesses and almost all of them are wrong. And then they sort of insert fake things in there that didn't happen. And you're like, yeah, it was a purple oh, yeah. vest, right? Purple vest. Yeah, the influence. Yeah. They can influence the And they're like, thing. yeah, definitely. And it's like, yeah, you had a, a machete, right? You, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I think he did. You know, like stuff like that. Like just weird. So well, I, I mean, wonder how much of people telling us like memories when we were a kid that where you kind of envision, especially if you have like, a vivid imagination. You're envisioning what they're telling you. And then later on, you're like, yeah, that's a definite memory. Well, I don't know if you've ever had your parent say something that you were just there for and they either embellish it or tell it wrong <laughs> to the group of people. And yeah. you're like, well, have I been lied to my whole life? <laughs> because <laughs> you're telling them something completely inaccurate. Yeah, because that happened. That was ago. every parent story ever. <laughs> There's like, and the like, kids, 
like they hate it and and I hate it when my <laughs> kids do it but every kid is just like no ah here's how it actually went yes. like you like, like keep your parents honest and you mm-hmm. start telling it and like right in front of the company and they're just like shut up just get <laughs> out of here just you missed the whole point it was a fun story daddy's lying for a reason now go away <laughs> <laughs> yeah and now that's me well it was like the whole uh, what you were just saying was kind of like the whole Mandela effect basis of that is everyone remembers things incorrectly especially when there's when you suggest it you know it's su- well isn't the mandela it. effect like that whole weird phenomenon where people remember things that like never existed like like the Bear- yeah, but the berenstein bears thing or the berenstain bears like but the like, theory is that you you've been influenced to remember it wrongly and we're all under those same influences so we can compare our wrong memory and it seems to be and it's so accurate. insignificant too yeah. Like, I mean, some of them, it started, obviously, the name of it comes from people thinking Nelson Mandela died in jail. That's kind of significant. But most of the right. stuff is, like, small things, like the Febreze logo. What's the one with the Febreze logo? Um, I think it's, there's only one E. F. <laughs> it's easy E. It's not E easy E. This is how good life is. And everyone thinks <laughs> this yeah. is how good life is life is that people are like like no, angry th- th- there's actual about <laughs> this on the internet. Like, no, there's two E's. <laughs> how to with we John need Wilson. Conflict. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen how to with John Wilson, but he goes to a Nelson uh, the Mandela effect co- uh, convention. And there's a whole group of people there who believe there's like alternate timelines. Yeah. And he actually goes there. Checks it out. Uh, he hears their side of the story, <laughs> and then he goes, like, "There's he goes, no way Baron Steen Bears didn't exist. Yes, it must be that there's an alternate dimension. I know where yes. Baron Steen Bears branched off and Baron Stain Bears. So he, I was one of those people. I was like, no, it's definitely oh, Baron Steen. Oh, like, for sure, E-I-N, I was too. A-I-N, but yeah. it's A-I-N. The trippy part about that oh, one stain. was that there are a few photos on the internet of old VHS tapes where Photoshop. the printer. No, the they printer printed it, printed it wrong, or the okay. graphic designer. Maybe that's where the wrong. confusion came from. Well, I don't know. There, but someone finally <coughs> produced it, and they're like, "Yeah, that's true. That actually was a production okay. run." Because mm. then he prints out stickers of the incorrect ones, goes to the grocery store, and puts that on all the product in the whole store. So, the if fer- it was the Febreze, he'd cover every logo with the new sticker, <laughs> for, so that people would think it was actually. <laughs> Incorrect. Yep. Oh, so he was trying to create the Mandela effect. Well, he heard what they had to say, and then he went into the store and yeah, basically tried to make it reality. <laughs> I like it. I like when people go really far out of their way just to mess with people. Yeah. <laughs> Ro- Ross Creations, love that one. What's mm-hmm. what's Ross, Ross Creations? You haven't seen Ross Creations? Uh, maybe I have. Creations, whatever. Maybe That's I a have. good one. It's just a good YouTube prank mm-hmm. channel. But all classic YouTube pranks, baby. He's he's Go, rolling with him though. He's like going to a garage sale, saying, "I might need that every time someone tries to buy his stuff." <laughs> <laughs> I just had a yard sale with my mom, and I was like, "This would be so funny if every single person who came up, actually, I might need uh, that." The other thing, <laughs> uh, I might need that. He doesn't sell a single thing the whole time. <laughs> he started bringing his own items to other people's yard sales, yeah. and then trying to buy them. It was like a can of beans. He's like, "How much for the beans?" <laughs> and they're like, "Uh." Make a few people were onto it. They're like, "That's not mine." Yeah, they're like, "Come inside if you're hungry." <laughs> like, yeah, we'll, we'll feed you. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good show. Well, the natural <clears throat> reason you brought up memories, right? It's an obvious segue as to what we're talking about. The more obvious segue is 
you know, the beans. before your prank, I pulled on a uh, votary. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good prank. Yeah, when I go out of my way to make something yeah, John, I'm going to integrate myself into their <laughs> inner workings, their leadership, work my way <laughs> up, get a, get a salaried position, and then... And then... <laughs> Earn lifelong friends. And then earn trust. (laughs) (laughs) Have a child. Bring the child over. Become a leader in the company. They will truly love me. (laughs) My dog will be the HR (laughs) human resources person on their website. And then what's the payoff of the prank? That he's he's leaving? So I could be on this podcast. Yeah. The final podcast. No, I mean, I'll be on future ones. So the culmination of Jono's four-year prank on Votary... Is that he's leaving the company? Mm. Jokes on you. We saw it coming. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the goodbye, Jono podcast episode. No, it's mm. uh, see you later. Oh, it's not goodbye. It's not bye bye. No, it's bye bye. Bye for later. now. No, it's <laughs> baby bye bye bye. <laughs> it's bye bye. It's actually baby more like wah. oops, I did it again. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Because this isn't the first time he tra- <laughs> tried. He tried to get. He tried to pull this prank uh, like a year ago, but and it we wasn't, said no, <laughs> no, you're not allowed. Sit down. We're like the mafia. For my keep sk- my skill set on my resume says storytelling, self sabotage, <laughs> pranking. In that order, or is the self sabotage? Oh, it's uh, it's randomized. So <laughs> I just um, said shuffle. On my resume. <laughs> what are you going to miss most about Votary? Well, the the good old laughs and goofs and gaffs. <laughs> I mean, we basically just laugh. Imagine all day he long. has like the best friends he's ever had in his whole life at the next job. Oh, and God, the laughs know. are just that much deeper. <laughs> and they slowly know. start disappearing <laughs> off the earth. And, and the cheers are you just don't know that much more cheersy. Emphatic. They start their own. Vista Print uh, podcast. <laughs> to bleep that one out. And you we, do. And you do. Don't, podcast. No, don't why? Talk, why? Is it doesn't matter. Don't talk about the competition. Oh, yeah. Oh, competition. Yeah. Don't give them their name. They're hey, not are, really competition. Hey, are they doing, are they, are they going to do any client work? Do they do client work now? <laughs> He's like, wait a second. <laughs> they don't, right? So you're going to be doing internal they content. They don't, right? I remember us talking. I just didn't know if it was also. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to do um, client work? And internal work Jono Day one Let me tell you some things I learned at my last job You should just hire them Don't even listen to me Dude For the first year It's gonna be A breeze Because people aren't gonna know Whether you're Kidding or not No he's not gonna do Any of those jokes With them He's gonna be like He's gonna be a wet humor (laughs) <laughs> He's gonna be a wet humor guy. No, it's not a wet humor. He's gonna be a wet humor. <laughs> That's impossible. Oh, I, man. Are you gonna bring a dry humor to the the new role? It's no. who you are. You can't not do it. Or are you just gonna be Thank a you. straight laced <laughs> business boy? What is that? Some type of drug? Business boy or straight laced? <laughs> I don't know. Or the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> you got any extra uh, business boys? Or, uh, <laughs> is this laced with that business boy? Right humor? <laughs> yeah, you What's bet. that? I want one. You uh, you carrying? Well, yeah, what do you want? You got any business boys? <laughs> straight laced? Yeah, they're straight laced. <laughs> is that that zoom zoom? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, good times. 
Why don't you um really it's all make COVID, like a tree. COVID the blame. <laughs> <laughs> don't let the door hit you on the way out. Why don't you tell us your uh your favorite, favorite voting moments? <laughs> I knew this. <laughs> <laughs> I said votary moments. Okay. Favorite votary moments. Can we see that in montage? Would you mind editing this podcast? <laughs> for you to see it What's a story that you're going to tell people about your old job when you go to the new one? I remember before I was officially hired, we had the tuna war shoot. So this is early memories coming into the company. And then Jed's like, um, so we have to shoot on a boat for a day. And then you're like, also, we have room for other contestants on the show. Does your wife want to be on the show? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Does she want to be on the show? And then we, she was like, okay. And then we just showed up. It and couldn't was, help your chances. <laughs> and then it was an Airbnb with like 25 people. And we were just nice staying there. And then the next day we're on a boat catching tuna. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. Um, and then I was like, can you just hire me? And they were like, yeah, if we're going to do more tuna shows. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. There. He edited that. Yeah, I know that. That was good. You shot that, and you were one of the shooters, and then you edited. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. you were a better editor back then. Hopefully. Like you've been regressing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think so? All, all the way I down to hireable uh, by Vistaprint. You were trying to uh, impress, maybe. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And then, you're, you, then you started resting on your laurels. Yeah. My laurels, they're pretty comfortable. <laughs> uh, one of my first directed jobs was the grinding wheel for Norton. That was a good memory. Still a great piece in the portfolio. Uh, I think Josh was still here. For yes. That. Me, yep. you, and him scouted it out in the basement of the old votary building, and then we shot it all in one night, and then we had at least one more subsequent shoot with them in that same basement, um, and then one at their facility. And, yeah, from there it's been... Pretty good, pretty good results on, on, on that client. Uh, what else? Who was your favorite team member of all time? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. You're fired. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. it took you too long. <laughs> well, they're not with us, so. Oh. <laughs> Because he's homesick? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's homesick. That was predictable. Hmm. You guys are mutton, Jeff. I'm kind of mad that Jamin's not in this podcast. It would have been better. Yeah. We could have done a fourth, a fifth, I mean. Should we just cut? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how could you do a fifth? The, the two of you, the the pair of you, like, mm-hmm. I have, I've had the benefit of traveling quite a bit with you and Jamin. Yeah. And my view has been like... It's like Mutt and Jeff. You guys like similar humor. Tons of laughs. Are, are those two funny people? Yeah. <laughs> Who are those people? Oh, those are Jed's cousins. Yeah. <laughs> those are Mutt and Jeff. Mutt and Jeff Burdick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it goes Calvin and Hobbes or something? If you were a real film student, you would not, <laughs> no one here knows. No. Uh, it's an old comedy duo, and uh, one dude is really big, the other dude's really small, and they were really funny together. And uh, yeah. It's they they played off each other well. It's like you and Jamin. I've always thought that we're like Key and Peele, Abbott and Costello. Yep, Abbott and Costello, same time or pretty oh, much yeah. around the same time. Yeah, Laurel and Hardy, not as famous. The Two Stooges. 
The two musketeers. <laughs> Stooges. The two blind mice. <laughs> yeah, traveling with Jamin's been a trip. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would think so. <laughs> Round trip. Sometimes. Sometimes it's a one-way and then your car breaks down. Mm. Tra- was, travel was, memories. Yeah, what was your favorite votary travel job? Mm, probably Costa Rica, only because I crashed a motorcycle in the middle of the road. <laughs> I didn't know about that. Yeah, so let me tell this story. Okay, go please. for it. <laughs> yeah, it's only Jono's. It's very traumatic for me something. to say it. So <laughs> I, I want to I wanna tell the other perspective, and then I want to hear yours for a second. Okay. Real quick, fast story. <laughs> So it's a, we're shooting multiple days and then we have like some downtime. I'm like, oh, this would be fun. Let's rent some scooters and like tool around, see some different spots. We had the option to get four wheelers and really in retrospect, that's what we should have gotten <laughs> because we get on these scooters and we take off. And first I'm like, oh, follow me. I know the way. And I take us onto this highway and it's like wrapping around the coast mm-hmm. and oncoming traffic is like coming into our lane and. We barely have a shoulder to drive on these little things. And I pull around to Ben and uh, Jamin and Jono are pulling out of a parking lot uh, behind me. I pull off up ahead. I'm like, looking back, no one's coming. No one's coming. No one's coming. I, I remember how scary it was when I pulled out and this car's coming around and whatever. And I'm like, these guys will know what to do. I'm just, I'm not going to panic. I'm not gonna panic. I pull off up ahead. It's like 15 minutes later. Jono's still, Jamin comes up, but not Jono. And I'm like, please, God, t- don't tell me he got hit by a car. <laughs> you got taken. <laughs> sure enough, we go back and pick up the story. Well, okay, so there was a little orange uh, stand. A guy is selling oranges on this side of the bend. So there's an overlook where you could see out. Uh, yeah, into the the water or whatever, and it's just like mountainous like overlook, which is r- really beautiful. I think we had stopped to take some photos, and then across the street was the orange stand, and I think I went over there to look, uh, and then Jed pulled up and went around the bend, and then um, I had to pull out in, into the road, but there was a car coming, so I was a little nervous, like, oh, I got to go quick, right? And there was just some sand on the road, so when, when I went to hit the acceleration, I just slipped and skidded on the road and the scooter went and then I kind of just fell on the ground. I think I might've just skipped my knee. So then I just ran over and got back on it and I was really embarrassed and a little bit hurt from my leg, (laughs) but I didn't, you know, I felt kind of embarrassed and we were driving around going other places. And then Jamin, (laughs) I think it was when we were on this dirt road, (laughs) there was the mountain. It was, it looked like Jurassic park. It was like, you go off a dirt road and all of a sudden there's this wide open field with mountains and it was like incredible. Nobody else there. I think he was like filming <laughs> he, on he, his he was behind phone. Me. He was behind me and uh, he pulled his phone out yes. to take some, to snap some while driving on a dirt road He's with like, his scooter, <laughs> some videos, some stills, some yeah. selfies. Next thing you know, he doesn't notice that he's crept up on my back end. Oh my He's about to crash into me. <laughs> And he hits the brake so hard <laughs> that the whole thing dumps. His was like, like he was covered in blood. Oh he, my God. he stands up covered in blood. He uh, skidded like I it was a fast know. fall. That that one, we, you, Jed had to pay for the um, for the body work on the yes. scooter. Yeah, we paid for that one. Wow. So that was, and we were only in Costa Rica for two days, um, but that was a fun trip. I was like, next time get four wheelers. These things go down. Well, at least yeah. Well, I was like off roading with them. Yes. Yep. 
It was foolish. Are they meant to be? No. <laughs> no. That yeah, sounds more like user error. I've used <laughs> I've used mopeds and like scooters before, and and driving on like you know cobblestone streets and stuff was scary. So I can't imagine yeah. going off roading. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh look at a dirt road. Let's do it. <laughs> it's worth it. Dork. We had a good story. Well, I really hope that Jamin has those photos. Because I really want to see that. I, I, I want to see like, the, 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 the motion blur of just like. <laughs> While we talk. All he uh, did is say Jamin and you started laughing. And then Jamin and <laughs> Cody's like. Because I just imagined. You just knew. I, I heard about the Jamin part, but I, I didn't know that you crashed too. Mm-hmm. Well, I started it off. Mm-hmm. You guys have any good memories about me or not? <clears throat> I remember going to <laughs> New York with you. Uh, one of the only trips. Or one of the first trips that it was just you and me. And. Uh, I remember we were so tired and we stayed at that Airbnb oh, and that yeah. lady like she was like screaming her social security number downstairs to like <laughs> the, the Sears associate on the phone. Yeah. She was like, We could have yeah, stolen this social. woman's identity. Here my credit card numbers are four four nine eight. It was like, yes. like a lady. But she was like That's a visa locked card. in a conversation. <laughs> she was like locked in a conversation with us. We were both just like so tired. Oh wait, are these pictures? That's Jamin. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, he that was, was the overlook that we stopped at. All right, well, you're gonna have to, you're yeah. gonna have to editor put, put these in the edit. <clears throat> oh, you yes. guys are swipe right and you'll adorable. see his adorable elbow. Look at these helmets. So cute. Yeah. Literally so cute. I don't know how your phone works. Uh, that was for Mikasa. That's swiping. That's a good. That's a good little. No, shot. that's just one dime. Uh, Shoot. Yeah, uh, Mikasa was uh, Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. Yeah, not Costa Rica. <clears throat> wow. Nice. Anyway, I, you were talking to this lady with me. We were both just trying to get out of the conversation. And then we went into, like, the two separate rooms. We were going to watch a movie or something. Mm-hmm. I was and just I, thinking about that I yesterday. And I went out to, like, get something out of, like, my bag or something. And you were in the bed. And I walked back. And in the time it took me to walk away mm-hmm. and come back, you were just passed out. We watched <laughs> uh, We Are Animals first. And when that was over. We did? Yeah, I thought that was the second day. I thought the first day oh, you were just... Oh, the first night. The first night... I think you're right. You... Yeah, I, I, remember, sta- I, I thought we only stayed one. Talk, talking to you and then walking to get something and then you had just... <laughs> you had just yeah. passed out with your clothes on and everything. <laughs> and then you were like, yeah, for me, when I go to bed, I usually get the hot tea, honey, <laughs> I do CBD, oil... <laughs> Tabs. I, yeah, I take a hot bath. Like, then, that all sounds. I, nice. me, I, I meditate for twenty to thirty minutes. <laughs> I really do have a. I I have to have like a wind down routine. I, I'm amazed. Like I I'm blown away when people do that. Like when they just out. conk out. I'm like sorry. What wow. kind of superpower? I'm like, how did you do? Did you inject yourself with something? <laughs> You're like, yeah. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it was just hard work, good old fashioned labor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what else? This is your this is your time. It's your time to shine. What's the most uh, What's like the most votary thing that's ever happened? The votaryist. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> that's up for interpretation. <laughs> hmm. Probably the not. Most votary I, thing <laughs> that's happened. The most meaningful thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like D- depends SD on cards getting formatted or yeah. like <laughs> cases that's how overfilled and breaking stuff. That's yeah. the old votary. Well, I remember 
like getting a job and be like, oh yeah, can you go to Florida like in two days and then pack like <laughs> one bag, do a two camera shoot, rent a minivan by yourself, take the client to dinner, <laughs> do all of that cook like one day. <laughs> then the hospital was like, yeah, you can't even shoot here. Just like stuff like that. And you Sorry. did it anyway, right? Well, yeah, we just waited for approval. Oh yeah. Stuff like that's fun because you're like, I'm doing the work of a whole production team with Pretty, one. Well, why are you leaving again? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure you had to rush that edit too. Wasn't it quick? Yeah. They're like, yeah, can we get it by the end of the week? Like, uh, I'll show you a draft. Like, and then it was pretty quick. It was probably two to weeks, it. which wasn't too bad. Yeah. What about you, Corey? Do you have any good memories of me or is <laughs> it all just, uh, kind of <laughs> angry? Um, mostly angry. I think <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> we like to use humor to cover our anger. Yeah. Um, that's why you guys are joking twenty four seven. Yeah, we're actually just really coping. Angry. Yeah. <laughs> coping. Um, I mean, I think I've just been in a constant state of of laughter for two years now, which is good. <laughs> I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our Tampa trip was really funny. And you didn't do any. There was nothing uh, particularly uh, notable that happened. It's I've just, seen the video of me leaving like ten times. <laughs> I just like left <laughs> to get in the Uber with like my suitcase. <laughs> and I filmed you walking away. Yeah, I've seen that so many times. Why? You mean it just like pops up on your phone? Like you, or you sent watch it, it to me. As like, soon as we knew you were leaving, that started getting. Oh, that's oh here's Jono leaving. Everyone. It's a theme. Yeah, it's just it's just little things like your I'm, your little mannerisms that I've never seen in other people that that just kill me. Like I'm a pretty easy laugh, but right, but easy you, audience, you get me good. Hmm. You get me good. So does Mike. You Let, gotta get them all good. You yeah. gotta get them all good, and you do. <laughs> you've, had, you've had us all laughing for years, rolling on the laughing floor. <laughs> One of my favorite memories, and I don't know if part of this <clears> is. <throat> Like made up, so you're you're gonna have to. <laughs> Speaking of going, going back to the uh, the Mandela effect, your your mom told you the story at some point. Yeah, thought, I just saw a picture of it you. when I was a kid. <laughs> you're like of Jono. Yeah. No. <laughs> when you were a kid, you you knew Jono's photo. We were in the other votary office, and um, Alex Diaz came in to review the first draft of his Joseph short film. Mm-hmm which meant the world to him. Like this is a guy who had an out of body experience and experienced like a vision, Mm -hmm. which he wrote down into a script and then we helped him produce it. And Jono did the edit on it. (laughs) Yeah. Like not Alex gets stakes aren't high or anything. His stakes aren't high. (laughs) Stakes aren't high. Like if you know, if you like it, if you, you know, we we can change some things in no, but the uh, Alex is in the middle of watching Joseph, and I don't know. Maybe it's like a minute in. Oh yeah, the and, premiere. And he, um, he like <laughs> comes up, yes, table, and goes and starts to wail. He yeah. starts to cry. He like, weep. Pa- he's like pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it. <laughs> After we've been eating, he starts donuts. to weep. Yeah, and we're all standing around him. <laughs> And I swear to you, I have this memory of John like taking a tissue and handing it to <laughs> Alex. And I'm like, I'm not sure if that really happened or not, but it's in my mind's eye. Yeah, he was like, this is, he was so, um, 
touched because what he was seeing was what he remembered in his dream. And it was like so closely aligned that he was <laughs> overcome with emotion. And he's like, this is amazing, Jojo. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. incredible. <laughs> he called you Jojo. <laughs> and then my uh, email, I don't know why. My, my email started auto-correcting my name when I would sign it to Jojo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like forever stuck with it. That's funny. I wouldn't know what that's like. Yeah, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one that changed my name. <laughs> you, you you were confused. You're like, wait, is my name it got, Corey? You, well, Whistler was the first one, but then you latched onto that. Oh, he, he just messed up. The second you sunk your teeth into that, it was, <laughs> forget about it. Well, the first time you came in, you were like, okay, I uh, work here, and I'll be here forever. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, give me a water and uh, a beer, and let's do this. <laughs> I'll take uh, a slow burn. two meaningful stories <laughs> and a latte. He's like, yeah, was, I just saw the sign on the highway. Here's, here's my gear organization plan. What do you think? What do you think about a six-month implementation plan? Where it starts with something simple, like cleaning up the extension cords. And from there, we move on to categorizing our gear into a check-in, check-out system. What do you think? Truthfully, this office just won't do. <laughs> also, we should move. Also, there's poison leaking slowly in, in the office, and I don't know why you guys are immune to it. I'm like, oh, that's why I have a headache Oh all yeah, the time. You, you were never there at the old office because you were Couldn't. so sick. There's a little lead paint in your water. You might want to take that out before you take another sip from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah, really? there's, there's lead chips falling off the ceiling of the old one. Oh, I thought you were saying just no, now. No, not now. No. And yeah. then there was methane pouring out of the, <laughs> the heaters. Yeah, we had heaters that weren't <laughs> meant for people to be in those environments. <laughs> But you were warm. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It was, it was like no insulation. <laughs> it was pretty funny because Cody was getting those terrible headaches. And then we were like, well, we can't not have Cody come in. And we turned them off and bought how many space heaters? Like space heaters. Like eight space heaters to heat the space. But like then we tested it and realized that, that we were literally breathing in poison for like yes, years. For it was in, bad. In it was, was like, oh. well, straight carbon monoxide. Part of my memories of... This is why all your memories are blurry in the early years. Yeah. Well, this is why I'm thankful that it was actually not insulated because that we were probably getting like a tiny bit of fresh air and (laughs) not dying. It's weird how (laughs) part of my early memories of votary was a lot of smells. (laughs) 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 It was the musk of the entryway when you walked in those stairs, Mm -hmm. like that mold, Mm. clearly mold of some sort. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. that. There was mixed you know, with men's soap from downstairs. Yeah, from the oh, basement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah there, was there was Fight Club downstairs. And then there was just like the tobacco. You and Mike used to go out on the balcony, puff our pipes, puff the pipes, and that that tobacco mm. smelled amazing. Mm-hmm. Just remember that and going out in that little opening there. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I mean, now we have a beautiful office or whatever. So yeah, but there's no open windows. It's crazy. We're trapped in here. <laughs> I'm actually I'm really happy that no I, pipes that I. I got to know the old office. Yeah. It was legendary. Because I don't think... <laughs> well, you didn't see it before it was opened up to... Right, I never saw it as a uh, Rev 1. Oh, that was tight. <laughs> Literally? Yeah. Confined? Toit. Yep. Yeah, and, and then by the time I got there, Harvey had been there long enough to where there was just accumulated like like three inches of fur on every step of the dark. 
Of the yeah, there's stairway. also three inches of fur on top of just like the multiple extension cords plugged into each other <laughs> that had all of our Hey, that's daisy chain. Yeah. It was Those literally just like, chain. Okay. and then it was just like fur and the dog walking on it. And Cody's like, this probably is not the greatest way to have uh, His water system. bowl was right like next to our media server. He's just like, <laughs> <laughs> just splashing water like on it. <laughs> and he's, ah, you got a backup for that? You got backing it up? Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got this drawer. <laughs> yeah, there's some cards. <laughs> how are you guys? How are you guys a company? <laughs> All right, I'll join. <laughs> All right. I must join to fix this. Twist my arm. I am needed. <laughs> oh, man. That's good. But in all seriousness, Alex reacted that way because of how good the edit was. And that's truthfully all my memories of you delivering um, edits to clients when they're there or through the internet or the feedback you know they've gotten or internal work mm -hmm. the stuff we've had here they all burst into tears <laughs> it's it's been your your artistry and um, attention to detail and just pushing um, the craft that we present uh, has always been really impressive to everyone and an inspiration to everyone on the team and to me and uh, <clears throat> I know we're not signing off, but I just uh, want to say, um, you know, you've you've added a lot to Votary, and um, I'm super grateful. Mm. Always will be, um, and I, I I I hope that we can work together again um, in some some way. Um, we're certainly going to miss you, but um, I think the it, I I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the level of craft and. Um, quality and professionalism that you've brought to the art that we produce and present yeah. to our clients. Thank I'm, you, man. I'm just very thankful. I feel like a lot of that was definitely nurtured at Votary because when I did stuff, especially you at the very start, were like, oh, this is good. Let's send it. <laughs> and I feel like I, I came from a, a lot of, you know, not always feeling appreciated for maybe that level of whether it's making something artistic or making something a little out of the box. I, th I feel like a lot of um, prior client work had not been, you know, that was not encouraged in, in, in a way. And so for you and for everyone in the team to be so encouraging over everything, it was definitely a nurturing of that and, and wanting me to press in closer to do that and to even the stuff Jamin had already done and, um, that you guys had already produced in the past was like, you know, clearly there's a desire here for uh, quality work and also something that's not, you know, it's got meaning behind it. It's a little bit deeper. And so I was like, well, I always wanted to do that anyway. So it was just a, a real opportunity for me to kind of pour that into every project as simple or as complicated as that project was just like, Hey, I'll make this, you know, as creative and as you know meaningful as I can figure it out to be, and then there's always a good uh, feedback loop here. You know, everyone, even to a fault, <laughs> being very uh, supportive, and it's like, well, no, just give it to me straight. Like, <laughs> tell me why it's bad. Like, e even that, you know, just probably because it was never bad. <laughs> well, <clears throat> sometimes there was a two-year straight run where every uh, project that you, every edit that you delivered, had some new. Um, 
element that you experimented with, but then arrived at something that was really great mm. from experimenting that way. And it was just, I mean, the only word is just fresh. Like you kept bringing a freshness. Um, and truthfully, you still do. It's just that. It can't go on forever. It, it, <laughs> I plateaued at some point. No, <laughs> definitely not. It's just that there, you know, we've had so many deliverables yeah. that at some point you just, you do say, okay, it's in the nuance. It's mm -hmm. in the little things. We have to take longer or have a bigger budget or mm -hmm. do more pre-production or whatever it is that would allow that you know, re diminishing returns, uh, law of diminishing returns, which is awesome, right? To keep pushing it and sharpening it. And, um, I do hope uh, and pray that you get, continue to have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. you know. For sure. Yeah, when I when I came on, <clears throat> I remember Mike being like, yeah, if we didn't have John, we'd be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like, we, 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 uh, we would be dead without John. We would be dead. And... I don't. Well, I don't you would the, say at the time it was, it was really, yeah, it was like a hundred percent true. Yeah, like we'll be like we'll still be screwed, but yeah, not go go out of business. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think the first project that I really worked on with you was MPC one. Oh yeah, and um, an Akai commercial. Yeah, and uh, Mike was like, "Just watch, John is gonna give us something like tomorrow that's gonna like blow our minds." Just, like, just, just watch. Just well, watch. I had fun. I'm just like talking John up so much. You were <laughs> just, just way too. I had fun work. with the pre-edit. We did like an edit. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we did before to show the <laughs> client to see if that was the right direction to go. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, you were in a. You're in high demand. Every project was just like, well, I have a project. Well, I have a. Pro well, I, I have a project that uh, John could do. I well, my my project though has. Like stuff that could, needs to be good. Well, mine has stuff that needs to be like really good. So. <laughs> it's got to be really. This could open doors. <laughs> and this one. No, but this I'm one it has like snappy editing, so oh, it needs to be like yeah, the snappiness yeah. like the genre does. <laughs> well, mine has like you know, it needs to be like better and meaningful. <laughs> Mine's like super meaningful though. <laughs> I was thinking Jono for this one. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. I think I then we went to Tampa and did that one, and you were like. How's the edit going? Because <laughs> it's right when COVID hit, and I was like at home editing. And you, I remember feeling like you were worried. <laughs> You're like, how's that edit? What, you, like that you weren't doing it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that I wasn't doing it, but just like you, you were. I here. don't know. Yeah. I, I was like silent on like well, giving I, you any information. It's <laughs> still like I had never seen you, your your well, laurels so you rested. Hadn't, you hadn't experienced like the way that we do edits here, which is like basically giving the editor. Completely now that w now that we've you know we've <laughs> directed produced this thing like you kind of can just if you just decide to make it completely different we'll, you know in, if it's like if it's awesome we'll just be like all right that that's that's the project <laughs> that's <laughs> like, better that's better than what we were planning it's like a lot of creative freedom votary films it's in the edit <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah fix it in post <laughs> yeah fix it in post <laughs> no, it, but I think that's strong. true like I think. Um, Jono for sure and, and Jamin as well like they've set a precedent to where you want you want to put it in the hands of someone who is really really talented and really creative and trust that more than you're going to trust what you maybe planned on um, trust that they can actually make it better than, than you even planned and I think that's not a very 
scalable model because it's really hard to find people who can really do that. Mm -hmm. But it does leave room for some really like magical things to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Just plan on there's going to be a little bit of unknown and how it's going to end up. Like, hey, let's just be creative in some random way or, you know, use some new idea or technique mm-hmm. to get it. And I think that speaks to our model, um, business model, in that, you know, it's pretty common to just try to scale up and it on any business and you inevitably try to systematize everything mm-hmm. in order to scale. Um but that just really doesn't work. And, and, and many video companies have tried it and they'll try to carve out a niche like, oh, we do hospital videos. We do customer testimonial. And that's their thing. And they do systematize it and they scale it up. But leaving that creative freedom and that openness has allowed us to explore and really treat every single project like it was its own work of art. Because it is. Because we're adding to it as, as an artist, as a storyteller and, um, and, and, and making it something that we're proud of. And it's, um, it's a, actually kind of a spiritual thing because, um, you know, people, people end up watching it and feeling something that they're like, ah, it's like, I don't know how you did that. You just really nailed how, who we are mm-hmm. as a company or something like that. Um, and, sure. and I'm really proud of that. I'm proud that, that that's, that's kind of our, our spot. Um, I think there's other areas that could scale, mm-hmm. you know, other business models. I'm not against scaling, right? Um, I think distribution could be really, really cool business model to scale. Um, but when it comes to making the actual individual pieces, um, you know, your contribution um, has worked really well with our model of just really taking mm-hmm. time and, and giving attention to every customer and every job. Mm-hmm. And I think that attracts people who want to do that or who can do that, you know, people who come in who say, I want to learn how to do that. And I enjoy that style. Uh, or you have people who are already there in their personal careers that are like, let's partner, you know, it's a, it's a growing team and growing collective. And it definitely attracts more of that type of talent. And I think the culture of votary is really special because it's not squeezing the life out of, an editor or anyone else it's, it's respecting the talent and giving them room um, but also being supportive and always supporting them and saying how can I help but also you know we trust you you know trust you to get the job done and trust you to edit it well and you know when you respect an artist like that they f- feel that and recipro- reciprocate it with um, giving you the best thing that they can give you so our listeners, viewers are asking themselves right now, we're asking the question, yeah, so why are you leaving? If it's so good. Yeah. If what's so good? Yeah, Jono. Votary. <laughs> if the culture's sure. so good at Votary, yeah. why um, are you leaving? Yeah. Well, I'm going to be working remote so I can just come up here whenever I want, <laughs> hang out and be on the podcast. But the the real reason is I think just where I am in my... Uh, personal life. I have a daughter who's one years old and um, there's a lot of priority now on time and being someone who commutes uh, just under an hour. uh, I feel like being in a position where I can be remote first is 
is important, but also um, being a part of a company that has um, a maturity in the benefits, which Votary will eventually have, but um, just to have the flexibility there for some of, you know, potentially with more kids on the way, the ability to, for me to assume some of those, you know, health uh, related benefits and, and other things uh, so that my wife isn't the one who has to feel tied to her job. I feel like the season I'm entering into is going to be helpful to be in this new role. And it was not without a lot of <laughs> kind of anguish that I made the decision because it doesn't feel like there's any, uh, you know, obviously no bad feelings, but there's no big uh, negative thing that's causing it. It really is just me as someone in this season of my life maturing into this next step. So I guess that's... The growing needs of a family, which I remember very, very well. Yeah. I mean, it it's the same reason that I, you know, didn't continue to pursue feature films, one feature film to the next, because it was just too uncertain. Which doesn't say that you'll never, you know, head back to that dream, that goal. So right. I definitely don't feel like anything is, you know, absolute. <laughs> like, oh, okay, now I'll never be back here. Like, this is just something where for this you know, opportunity that I wasn't even looking for came my way. I said, well, I need to explore it. Yeah. And, and I think exploring is a huge part of life. Yeah. If, if for no other reason to satisfy and to know what our guardrails are and boundaries and what opportunities are. And sometimes it turns out to be like the most amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And other times it's just like, yeah, I was learning and I'm, I, it shows me where, you know, how to carve the path. And, yeah. I, and I'm as a believer in, in free minds and free markets, I'm like all about that. Yeah. So. And, the, and again, keep talking about Votary's culture but it's true like the the family that we have here it's I remember when Jamin you know was one of the first people that really invited me in asked me questions about my life like welcomed me into the Votary family and then he went and lived in Boston and freelanced for over a year and it was like there was no hard feelings it was just that's what he's doing for this time in his life and um, you know he learned a lot and he grew and I guess, and even to this day, I see ways that he grew a lot that he probably wouldn't have if he had stayed. I and totally I th- agree. And I think part of me knows. And he came back just so people know he, yeah. he's, he <laughs> works here, obviously, now. <laughs> so not to yeah, make it sound like he doesn't. Um, but yeah, just part of growth. And, you know, hopefully that I'm going to be growing in this next area. And who knows how that can add to what, I, what I'll be able to offer down the road. I mean, how tall are you currently? Six four. How I much more can you really grow, that, bro? What's the goal? I can grow horizontally. So. <laughs> do, do, do you feel like there's been any speaking of growth, like any major growth? I mean, I feel like maybe we've already covered it, but like growth that's happened for you since you've been here, or if you've totally. stayed the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I view myself as an editor, and I view myself as a shooter, primarily when I arrived at Vogue. Yeah. 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 Okay. When I arrived and I feel like I was able to test out, uh, directing as well as, uh, producing some projects and also having a role in leadership and learning how to manage people and be accountable to those that manage my, me. And then how can I do the same to them? And just knowing leadership, I feel like 
I was raised to think of it as something like harsh. Like to lead someone has got to be like, you have to be strong, you know? Yet, But if that's not my personality, does that mean I can't be a leader? So I feel like I've learned to grow in what it means to lead and, you know, be authentic in my example. And also, yeah, talent wise, like obviously work on new jobs and, uh, more interfacing with the client, directing, producing some, some works. Um, you know, I think of tech bond, I was able to write it with the client, direct DP it, edit it, <laughs> like yeah. help produce, not fully produce. Cody helped a lot. Um, you know, Jed sold it. And so it was a team effort, but like to see, wow, could I have done that three years ago? Could I have done all those things? You know, like I don't often stop and take stock of how far I've come, but that was a moment where I was like, wow, it's definitely something Votary helped me grow into. Mm. Yeah. You don't know if you could have done it like, phys- well, like physically or I'm just sure like I, you didn't have the confidence. I'm sure I could. I know my skills have been honed. Yeah. Like shooting wise. <laughs> just from sheer practice. Um, but yeah, just like having the confidence. Yeah. Having the confidence to, to do those things and feel like <clears throat> I can see the vision for something and then backtracking on how do we make that happen. Yeah. Right. I, I definitely like, have noticed. I've definitely noticed that. Yeah. Like you've been way more comfortable just like speaking out and, and directing. Uh, like, mm-hmm. like we, things that I've directed with you, like I really feel like we were co-directing because you would have all these ideas for shots that required you to direct and you just jump in. And, yeah, and I feel like it. I used to be way more just overwhelmed, like, oh, how could I do that without knowing how it's done? Mm. And so that would almost, it's almost like if you're trying to make something perfect, you don't do it at all. Right. Same thing, like, oh, if I don't know how to do that and I've never done it before, then I, I just can't. You know, yeah. so I think I've grown in that to know that, like, I can put my efforts in, into something and I don't need to n- know everything about it, but I can learn and grow and just that experience has, has grown me for hundred percent. It's pretty yeah. cool when people can go from like a debilitating thing, like f- the fear of that to it's actually what you like about the job. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, you look forward to that in a job. That's a big shift. And, um, you know, you've never really been very visible about any of the things that overwhelmed you or the fears you might've had. Like I, you know, it's hard to see them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, can, I can tell. Maybe, maybe little, maybe little mumbles here and there. Just goes a little quiet. Uh, uh, we had a, if we had a little more time, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we had a little more time. Maybe that we could. If, all, if only, if, we, if only there's more time. I mean, I think it went pretty good, but I feel like maybe a little more forethought, a little planning, just a little more writing, a little more planning, bigger budget would have been, been better. <laughs> just any any amount of help would have been. Would have been really if helpful. Anybody else? Help did please anything. help me. Help, Jono. Help, Jono. The, the OG in Mumblecore. <laughs> I haven't really slept in, slept in like four days, but it's going fine. It's going fine. It's great. It's great. No, but you, you, you haven't. Work. You haven't. I mean, we're joking about that, but really, most of your fears weren't verbalized. But I, I, in terms of the the work and seeing it play out, certainly have seen you know, three years of straight growth. Um. What have you seen change in votary? Flip the tables a little bit. Mm. Yeah. I feel like we had a lot of, it's like when you, I know you mentioned this, maybe not on the podcast, but about the idea of a startup that votary is you know, established in 2007, but yet we're s- still like 
a startup. And I feel like that is kind of inherent with such a small team. Um, but I feel like the growth has been a lot in the mentality. Like we're taking things more seriously in, in, in definitely process, like thinking how does, you know, it doesn't mean we want to scale up to be a, you know, 50 or hundred or 200 member team. Like we could still stay small, but like we've constantly been gleaning things um, from different conferences, from different books um, and all these things are we've been implementing mm -hmm. like how to systemize our, our gear and how to put the process in. And, you know, we re we rebranded our logo and we came up with core values and we said, let's be intentional about what types of films we make and let's define our target market. And, you know, th these are things that maybe someone who has a very service type business would just know right off the bat. But I, th I feel like we were so focused on making the, art <laughs> that those things lagged behind well and it's also um part partly because you know unlike a super niche business we were able to make stories and videos for everyone for anyone for so long we were just like yeah we're actually we're 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 right for everyone anything you need we which wasn't fully mm -hmm. true it was like the best stuff we could do really did have a, a pared down sort of market size for sure not to get all into that right now but you know it's like until you realize that and you just think because it's a little different if you're like making a you know like a tool for a plumber you know you're selling to plumbers that's it right just focus in on that whatever but we we just we didn't have that focus for so long <clears throat> i remember working at uh isidore's organics in in oxford um just a little uh, plug for them. <laughs> but I remember the, the same boss stuff? there. Yeah. I remember the boss there was like, I used to think that if I just made the sandwiches really good, everything else would like fall into place. Like if the food was good, then that's, uh, that's, that's it. Like you, you, everything else will kind of work out from there. And then you realize like, that's not necessarily true. You can have amazing food, but everything else is falling apart. And I remember sort of like helping him try to organize things or being in the process of that. And he's like doing great. And uh, I felt like that, that was us. We were just like, if we just make great stuff, the rest is just going to fall. And it's just like, that's not true. <laughs> you can make really awesome stuff. But if you don't like get organized. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I think, it's slow and steady. I think the commitment to continual <laughs> improvement is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you never just flatline. Right. I mean, when you look back, you see the moments that contributed to a slow and steady growth. Right. We're in a, okay, you could say we're on a, you know, 5,000 square foot office with amazing employees and interns and, you know, I have a beautiful kitchen and a ping pong table, like all these things, right? But it was a slow and steady growth. We honed in our branding. We learned about... Uh, different process where you solidified our, our culture of continual improvement. We, you wrote a book, you, all the things, so apart from our work, like Mike was saying, apart from us improving our craft and being good at our work, we also had so many, you know, even just us getting on the same page with finances and, and meetings and how do we run the company? What's our operating system? All these things 
as they fell into place, the spirit of getting better as a company never went away. So it just made things easier. And so right. it's slow and steady, but it's uptrend, uptrend, uptrend. So like now all this stuff is, you know, it makes sense because it's what we have been working towards. And obviously there's a lot of vision planned out for three, five, ten more years. Um, but that's the growth I've seen is steady, incremental, couple of down, not many, a couple of down moments of like, yeah. oh, you know, things are slow. But really not many down moments, always even and then up and then even and then up and just trend, trend, trend. And so yeah, I could call out probably more moments if I thought about it, but they all just accumulate to where we are now. Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, in the danger of quoting Jed, but <laughs> <laughs> don't Nothing do that. dangerous that's, about it. That's copyright. <laughs> but that's my lawyers use. will be in touch. Yeah. It's, it's cyclical. It's a wave. It's, a, it I, is. However you want to say it's it. so true. But like, you can't, you can't grow without preparing for the growth. So there's always going to be seasons of, preparation and refining and then you can take a that's what allows you when the time is right to take a big step of story growth. acceleration workshop i'm just going to call out the growth moments as i think of them go ahead and yeah. then and then you do it again and then so you never podcast having a podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> during which we can speak about yeah keep going how we've grown yeah um the irony so that that's i guess i just putting different words to exactly what you just said it's just this this cycle of preparing, getting better, refining who we are and what we're doing so that when the time is right, we can take a big step of growth to, to do something that we couldn't have done before. Yeah. Another one is our business model. Uh, just using, I mean, it, it seems simple to us now to tap into our amazingly talented community of filmmakers, right? And we're going to even grow that more. We're, you know, we talked about bringing them into a Slack channel and mm-hmm. having more community building. We've had events for them. But I remember sitting at the table in the, Wegmans. Cafeteria, actually. Whole Foods or something. I remember, no, it was a hotel restaurant in China. Oh, yeah. Sitting there with you and being like, how do we make this work in a way that isn't, you know, that's hiring a million people into our team. And we said, you know, we love the name Votary Collective. Yeah. And one of our clients came over to talk to us about potentially doing more work. And we were like, how do we do that? And that's when we said, let's just make the votary collective. And, you know, a few months later, we, well, actually a little bit later, we ended up doing a Facebook group, but I remember the birth of that was like a revolution. Yeah, it was. Uh, or a revelation. Revolution. <laughs> it was a revolution. They revolted. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Grammar. But yeah, that was one moment that I, that I recall as well is just our business model. Not just, you know, having a ton of small jobs and hiring a bunch of people, but let's go after more meaningful work, bigger budgets, and then hire out, you know, people that we trust and that we know that we vet. Well, part of that, I don't know where it landed in the timeline, but right in that same time is when we were all kind of reflecting and comparing notes and saying, you know, we see growth in sales, but it does feel like we're turning more into a job shop. Yeah, it was like fall 2018. And they were, and yeah. people were coming to us and, and we had a lot, we had more cash and more sales on the books than I'd ever had before, which was just like, I, I'm a, I was like, 
<laughs> ha, like we, we're not starving. We're not dying. We're not, you know, like there was a lot of weird no. thoughts I had to process. We, we came but back to the sales team. We were like, guys, what do you think about saying no to clients? It, it was, it's crazy, <laughs> right? Because if you go from this place, this mindset of want for so long, and then all of a sudden there is cash in the bank, it's very difficult to turn it off and say, yeah, but what are the unintended consequences? Like, what are we building here with this? This could, that could be a problem. And when the team reflected and just said, yeah, but we're not loving what we're doing. And it's just turning into like, just get more out the door. Remember it was, I remembered, um, I remember us having those conversations and we said, well, we need to reinvent the process where when someone comes to us, they're coming to us to get involved in the development. Before that, we were saying to them, okay, what do you want us to make? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that we got, we got to remember model, that because sure. like it's already shifted so much mm. to where we're deciding, you know, like now we decide with well, them. We're guiding them. We're working. We're, drawing we're, it we're out influencing. Yes, exactly. We're influencing through a process. We're aligning is the really the right words, but we're influencing the process of what would be effective and helpful to them and stuff that we can get behind with wholeheartedly because Ultimately, we knew, we saw that the stuff that we would make where we were really pouring our uh, heart into it, artistry, is the times when the clients were like, you nailed it. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. It's doing exactly what it was supposed to do. And the times where we were like just getting a paycheck is when it was started, you know, and that's just a vulnerable reality. Like companies go through this. Mm -hmm. You, You have moments where you're like, not our best work. Um, yeah, I remember having that conversation with Jamin. I think we were just saying, what if we made whatever we wanted to make for the client, but it hit their goal? And he was like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. I'm like, yeah, we could probably do that. We're <laughs> like, we can make whatever we want and pitch it to them if it's achieving their goal. So take what they need to happen and say, okay, what do we want to do to make the, to bridge it? And then I'm sure they would love that if it's you know, well done. Right. If it's something bizarre and abstract, maybe not. But if it's achieving the goal, then sometimes if they're not bizarre and abstract, yeah, if they're you know on that wavelength, that's when they hire Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I know the reason for you leaving is your child. Um, okay, don't put it all <laughs> on her shoulders, her tiny little what, shoulders. Since being a dad, what are like the, what are like the major things? I feel like maybe I've talked to you offline about this a little mm-hmm. a little bit, but not enough. What are like the major things that are like have have changed or grown or have you noticed since having a kid? Well, I only have one kid. Jed is six. So. Yeah, but <laughs> no, I, I've, no, talked it's fresh. To, I've talked to I Jed mean, about this like hundred times. Fresh. What about you though? I'll answer for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm I know saying. exactly six times actually. <laughs> All right, is this right? You like love them more? <laughs> 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 well, I feel like having her. Um, and seeing how I feel towards her in a weird way has reflected on a lot of my, you know, this might, I don't know how this sounds, but basically my relationship with God, seeing how he views me is how I view her in a lot of ways. The things she does, the things I wish she would do, or like all these things were puts into perspective me as uh, a human, how I am 
viewed and loved. And I guess that part of my brain or that part of my heart wasn't, uh, you know, it's like when you, you don't know something until you experience it. Right. And so having her seeing how much I love her and just the, the feelings that are unlocked just through fatherhood gave me deeper perspective on the things that I've always known or been taught growing up Mm. or really kind of internalizing it and being like, Oh, okay. I really get why, um, you know, why someone could love me unconditionally, you know, these things that are hard to grasp until you experience it towards someone else. Uh, and I think a lot of times we receive from people, but when we're giving like towards a, a family and, you know, giving towards her, like I was telling Linnell, if I did nothing else in my life, but just raise her, like that would be enough. Yeah. It's that feeling of as long as I'm just giving towards her and towards my family and, you know, if we have more kids or whatever, like if, if nothing else, if I just did right by, by that, then I would feel satisfied. Mm -hmm. And that's a nice feeling because I feel like a lot of times you need to be validated by like, even as someone who's a filmmaker, I got to make like a film. I got to be seen. I got to be heard. I need my voice to be out there. And that's all great. I actually want to say things that matter and I want to say things that are meaningful, but maybe it's just for right now. I'm not quite sure, but it just feels like that's not as high priority as just creating a good family unit where we are uh, feeding into her what she needs to be an amazing human being. And I feel like we are now aligned as parents <laughs> on them. We want her to be someone who is able to thrive. And I think we are taking what we wish we had learned from our parents and what, you know, unlearning certain things, learning certain things and applying that. And there will still be gaps you'll see later. And it's just part For of life. Sure. And yeah. the funny thing is I'm sure she'll be the one to tell us. Absolutely. Like you guys <laughs> She's going to be like, I wish they taught me this exactly. for my kids. I'm going <laughs> to, and it goes on. But it's funny because so much, cycle had happened within a short amount of time with giving birth to her and then, you know, becoming a father. And then shortly after losing my father and it's like, just seeing, just like being present for those emotions, like processing them all. (laughs) It was like a lot within a year, you know, to really feel what it was like to be one and then to lose one and then know that, you know, he wouldn't be there for her, which was that's Probably hard. The, the hardest part. Same but. for me. I don't know if it's if it's this way for you, but when I lost my dad, and I had really young, young, there, some of them were really young still at the time. Um, there was a transference of energy from what I got from my dad, got from the relationship that I had had with my dad, to it kind of like fell on me, like no, now I am a hundred percent that for them. Yeah, and it's like the relationship that I did have with him was suddenly like, oh, I'm even more just, I have that with you now. And that's, it wasn't Mm. two sides. It was one side and it was more concentrated for me anyways. I don't know if if it's, if you've started to feel that or not, or if she's, or if that's um, something you'll feel more as she gets Mm -hmm. older or something, but there's so many things like it it would come up like, oh, I wish I could talk to my dad about that. Well, I can talk to my kids about that. Yeah. Right. I think that that's part of maturing. Yeah, just having a better, uh, 
you, you don't always have to be understood. You don't always have to be the one who's right. You know, you can just be okay with not knowing or not understanding and just, you know, doing your best yeah. <laughs> and just, you know, giving them your all and, and being what I can be and, you know, just totally being open to, to learning and being corrected. But um, I feel like there is definitely some maturing that came with that. It was like the same thing when I got married. I'm like, okay, now I'm married. Now I'm responsible for both of us. And all of a sudden I had a, a little bit more maturity. Yep. Every step that I take, that's a life step. Um, definitely comes with a little more responsibility, a little more ownership and definitely more maturity. But, you know, I feel like I'll always be a little immature at heart. <laughs> Got to keep that there. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the best thing you've said all that time. <laughs> Wasn't really listening to what, what you were saying, but yeah, I heard that I last mean, bit. Oh, that last bit really run. That resonated. Resonated with me. Isn't it insane that Violet is going to be an old woman? Yeah. <laughs> someday. Wow. I know. Wow. That's crazy. Like you, uh, like. I got to think that far ahead. Like she's going to be doing a podcast on Mars. <laughs> No, it's just insane when I see like baby, it's like old people and babies are like two different species sometimes in your mind. Like they're so separate, but it's like, they're that's the, the same thing. They're like the, the closest <laughs> correlated insane. demographics is a baby and an elderly person. Mm. Yeah. So closely correlated. My mom has uh, <laughs> weird dementia and it's getting more pronounced and it's amazing how much like a little kid she yeah. seems like. The, pa- the past comes up with dementia. She, for some she reason, wants yeah. to talk about little puppies. You can't talk about anything deep. Mm. She seems like she's four. Mm. She seems like she's four. She seems like um, and and thankfully, the, so there's a big difference between dementia and Alzheimer's. I don't can't speak to the science of it, but what it's been described to me is Alzheimer's is like personality changing, mm. and dementia you usually get a little more childlike. Both you lose memories and lose comprehension yeah. and whatever. I, I think my grandma, when she had Alzheimer's, was uh, maybe it was the personality part of it, but it might have been a combination because some stuff was gibberish, and then other times she'd be kind of like mean. mean. They they like say most stuff. Like, yes, most they me? get violent. <laughs> you're like the sweetest violent. lady anyone's ever known. And you're my like, my grandmother yeah. smacked my sister across the face. She had Alzheimer's. She was never like and that. And they say rude stuff about like my sister, or other people, and be like you're fat now or like stuff like that. Like no what filter are you talking about. Yeah. It's like yes. no filter, but then a little bit extra on top. Yeah. Of that. Wow. I knew a guy who in his nineties knocked his wife's teeth out. They were married for like 70 years. He didn't and have Alzheimer's. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just a side no, story. It's just because they were married <clears throat> no, for he, 70 he did. years. Yeah. <laughs> he was it's, just it's, sick of it. It's crazy. Yeah, so I'm, just, I am, I am very happy. Alzheimer's. I am very happy that she doesn't have Alzheimer's, she, that she has, um, you know, something that makes her so sweet. Um, but it is pretty mm. crazy mm. to see the childlike yeah. thing. Um, it's wild. How did we get here? Well, because I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. People. I just, I think about this stuff when I look at my niece and nephew. Um, to me, that's like, I, I mean, it's not, it's, they're not my kids, but I, I have, that's the first Closest time, thing that's the it. first yeah. time I felt like that immense, yeah. like, like, oh my God, I would jump in front of a train or whatever. Like those kind of weird scenarios. You, you have where you're just like, I would give up everything for these kids. And I just think about how they're going to be like old and wrinkly and <laughs> they're going to learn all this stuff and like how their personalities are forming right in front of you and how by the time they're seven, supposedly psychologically, they're never going to change. Like it's, it's 
built. That's the the person is there, and so that's freaky. Like, well, they're like my nephew, my uh, niece is approaching that age, and it's like, wow, you are gonna be such mm-hmm. a handful, <laughs> like just in life. But yeah. you know what? Like, you're, it, we yeah. gotta do some rearranging before your seventh birthday. <laughs> quick, quick. <laughs> going back to your question about what what I feel and what I've learned. So, like, again, like feeling. Like knowing how my creator created me is very interesting to feel how it feels to be a parent because you've created something that has free will and this thing will do whatever they want (laughs) in their life. You can influence them, but they have this free will. And when she chooses to love us, it's just so beautiful Mm -hmm. because it's out of that that free will. Mm. So... You know, when she chooses me, when I say, like, come here, and she doesn't want to, and she's crying and all that stuff, but then she does. Like, just, like, start tearing up because it's like, wow, she just chose me yeah, out of free will because I created her, and I think we all have that bit of, uh, you know, the the inherent need to have created something and to steward something. And as a parent, that's, like, full, fully on display, and it's fully there. And <laughs> See this? Yeah, created it. I, I made. Mean, I made this. Yeah, it's a little else's all the time. Like I carried her in my body for nine months. Like she's it like, is a trip. Like her mind's blown by it, and I'm like, yeah, just that feeling of knowing, like, that is like the creation of life, and that is like a reflection of how I was created. And yeah, I guess I'm makes me reflect little bit higher you do hear that a lot like my mom has been a maternity nurse and she's like so many people would be like the miracle of childbirth but it's like how can it be a miracle it happens all the time but like (laughs) people they do have that reaction and it's like well yeah when you really break it down it's like it's insane like like, what like yeah you start as a little thing and then this other little thing and then just yeah it's like it's insane it is. It, it is kind of miraculous, but it is also like paradoxical because how can something be miraculous if it's happening constantly? Yeah, if the very uh, existence of the species relies on it to happen. It's just sort of like, Which, oh, yeah, whatever. It's like equal parts, yeah, whatever, and also like the most mind-blowing <laughs> thing yeah. imaginable. Love, there's this comedian that talked about how he's like, it, if it's a miracle of life, like you can just accidentally create a human being. Like <laughs> we just accidentally, it's, you, you can't even accidentally make a shed. Kids are, oh, whoops, I just made a shed in my backyard. It's like, no, that never happens. But yet you can accidentally yeah. create an yeah. entire human being who whoops, will have a life person. who will carry on the human race. Like, whoops, well. didn't mean to. Like, it's insane how you that happens. Yeah, it is. We don't need to get I into mean, how that happens. I, well, I guess that's what I was going to say. I think we, we all where, know. Where, where the know. metaphor breaks down is for you to have accidentally made a shed in the same way you accidentally make a baby. You'd have to go to the you'd have to go to the lumber yard, buy a bunch of wood, get nails, get <laughs> yeah. hammers, bring it into your yard, and start whipping the hammer around and being like, "Oh shit, I made a shed! Oh, what an accident!" Like <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we didn't just make a shed. <laughs> I need a cigarette. <laughs> Got some gasoline right here. Burn it down. Oh man. <laughs> and that was the that goodbye John O podcast. It tickled me. Well it's intermission laughter intermission. <laughs> we you know, as these as our best podcasts do, we we, we go where the wind takes us. But of those nails were uh, pretty dull. 
I would just say it's hard not to feel mostly sadness right now. I think on yeah, this has been the us. saddest podcast. Um, <laughs> it's you're welcome. It, it is a loss. It's a loss for us as a team, and uh, it's going to require a period of mourning. Honestly, mm-hmm. like just like getting used to it and mm-hmm. accepting that Jono's not going to be in the position and role in our lives that he has been. Right. And we know that you're still going to be around here and there and you'll come visit and bring Harvey and all that. Um, But I'm going to call my shot right now and I'm going to say that this is going to be a season and I don't know how long it's going to be, but that we will work with you again. Uh, I agree. I'm calling that shot now. It's documented. Denial. (laughs) 